Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, big fella? So the rivalry is renewed with a whimper and not a bang as the Steelers knock off the Cleveland Browns. What's up, man? What it do? You ready for a football weekend? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm ready I'm, for another football weekend. I was sending you videos. We went to a concert last night, so I'm I'm behind it. You sent me a video. I yeah, did. you sent me a video of you having a good old time. Old girl crushed that. You had to wake up at what? 4 o'clock in the morning to be? 3.30. dedication. Yeah, 3.30. 3.30. Had to get up at 3.30 to be at the radio station this morning and... uh. I think I got home about quarter to twelve from the concert. Well, you might have missed you might have missed a lot that happened um, in the yeah, sports world last night. Yeah, I'm gonna I have know. you catch me up because we was out at uh, Old Dominion. First uh, of all, who does a concert on a Wednesday night? I don't know, but apparently they got fans to go, including oh, you and your crew. Me and me and my you guys wife made went, a way to make it happen. Yeah, me and my wife we went and had a good time. Put a little cowboy boots on. I was out there singing, singing a little bit. Go. Got a little. Uh, I like it, man. Couple little drinks, a little bit of dinner, had some fun, hung out with the wife. It's hump day, man. It's, it's hump day. It you was hump know, day. Bring in the second half of the week. It was hump day. Oh, but, uh, oh. You, you got to catch me up. Uh, what, what do we got? We got breaking news. <laughs> Look, man. There's a lot of stuff that's happening uh, in the sports world. There's some stuff that happened in basketball last night. I know you're not quite watching it while, while football is going on. But I mean, I know the world heard about Draymond from the other night in the yeah, yeah. You said you, laid down. You said you wanted to get down uh, on so Draymond. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Also, some silliness happened in the NBA between the Bucks and the Pacers that I want to talk about, and it has something to do with the game ball. This is the new generation of athlete where you can get into a tizzy. I did see this. I, I actually did see this. I saw a video of it. Um, it's TikTok is your friend. People. Got to it. Okay. TikTok is your friend. Yeah. And that's where I saw it this is. video. I do my 10 to 15 minutes of TikTok tizzy. before I go to bed. And little, when I wake up in the morning, a little fracas over a oh, game ball. It's so silly, but the thing that I really want to get into and go on, I got to start our segment off go about on. the state of the Steelers and some more stuff happened yesterday y'all are y'all are circling the wagons and it doesn't need to be as crazy as it is but i mean just because my quarterback number seven that's my quarterback that is my quarterback said some stuff that i thought was not too harsh but very realistic 
well, about you, the state here, of the Steelers. In case, in case somebody, in case anybody else hasn't seen it, play the cut. I felt that certain guys on the team aren't in it for the team; they're in it for themselves. Well, now some of the guys on the team are saying the same thing. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't too far off when I said that. But like a little football I know profit. that I'm retired. I just don't, you know, I'm not yeah. in the locker room. I get it, but it just feels like that. It just feels like that's something that's kind of been lost on this team a little bit. You, you, it feels like the Steeler way is just not. So basically, Ben was saying that the Steelers' way is not the Steelers' way anymore. The 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 way, the atmosphere, the fundamentals, the locker room, the culture that we created while we were there has dissipated with uh, the roster that has been the last couple of years under Tomlin. And he pointed a finger at Tomlin. I mean, point blank and simple, just like players get uh, crucified in the media, uh, players get blamed. We saw what happened with Kadarius Tony. When stuff is not up to snuff, and there's a couple of things, and we talked about this a little bit last week, when certain things happen on the field and it's becoming a consistent theme, you got to point at the head, man. And so that's what Ben did yesterday, and Steeler Nation blew up. You had people on both sides of things, and I understood. But it was a little concerning to me because people just don't understand nuance. This is just uncharted territory for y'all to be, I mean – just circling the wagons like this, there's panic right now within that organization. There is. And around there the organization. The crazy thing is we're seven to six in pole position for and a playoff. Some five. people want to talk about and we're rebuilding is. at seven. And I don't know who those guys were, but go on. You know what? I mean, and this is, uh, like I said, I mean, we are, <laughs> it's, that's a sad state to be in right now with what we're doing in our organization, with what the product that we're putting on our field. And you're looking for something to blame. You're looking for somebody as to the reason why we looked as putrid as we did versus the Patriots and the Cardinals before that. And so Tomlin is taking the blunt of it, just like he was taking all the praise, not taking it, but he was being given all the praise earlier this year when we were seven and four heading into this stretch. And despite the fact that we hadn't played good all year, we were still what number five in the wild or the, the top wild yeah, card? You guys were in the and, um, well, and that's that's why they do the contenders versus pretenders thing, right? Like, yeah, that's a classic that. case of that. Like, they were overachieving. Yeah, they were overachieving, but it didn't look as bad as it has looked this last two weeks. And to lose the two and two, to to lose to two two and ten teams who hadn't looked good at all this year. I mean, Arizona maybe had a couple of nice games versus Dallas and one, uh, I can't remember who else, but by and New large, England. neither team has looked good. And or no, yeah, y'all lost New England. Not... <laughs> um, no team had ever lost. No winning team had ever lost to two, two, and two, ten, two, two and ten teams. I don't know why I'm having the toughest time saying that because it's just – the weirdest You're beside yourself. It's okay. Listen, I am here for you. You are you you get it all out as well. As I appreciate I am your that, friend. man. But we hadn't looked like this ever. And so it feels different, despite the fact that we're in playoff position still, and the fact that we're seven to six, it feels different. The product on the field does not look good. The players are throwing temper tantrums on the sideline and erasing social media pictures and Nobody has a clear answer, and people are tired of pre- uh, Coach Tomlin's press conferences and the Tomlinisms and whatnot. It's just it's coming to a head, and I really think this weekend is a fork in the road, and I think it got exasperated by the fact that 
our franchise quarterback, perhaps one of the greatest players in Steelers history, the one that brought us two Super Bowls, in which were third, said the Steelers' way is lost. And that is heavy, and that is big. And he pointed the finger at Coach Tomlin. And you know what's crazy? I can't say that he's wrong. All right. Um, so. And it sucks. I love Coach Tomlin. He is, he, I won two Super Bowls with him, or a Super Bowl and went to another one with him. So, but I want to ask you, I know, Browns, you're loving this. Browns fans are loving this. You especially are loving all the turmoil that we're dealing with. I can see the smirk on your face right now. Like, you really are enjoying my pain and so no 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 that's not what i'm here for that's not what i'm about i'm here enjoying my pain i know deep down inside look look listen first of all let me interject here i'm proud of you that you're not just out here letting f-bombs fly because i can no i'm I'm, it's taking a lot i can see that you guys just don't know what to do with this um i said on the last podcast we did I was joking that you guys are spoiled. You are spoiled, but I was, you know, I was just having fun with it. But I was talking then about how the I view the end of Ben's time there differently now as how much dysfunction almost was being covered up, especially within that offensive side of the ball, seeing right. what's been put out since then. Yeah. And, and so, so like and people. Before we get to that, though, I want you to explain to me in. 10 or fewer words, two to three sentences, explain the Steelers way to me. Because I'm going to call BS in a second, and you're going to understand why. So explain the Steelers way to me. So, to me, simply put, the Steelers way, and mind you, let me preface this, it's never been called the Steelers way. This has only happened because the Patriots way was a thing, yeah. so now we're saying the Steelers way. It's never been called the Steelers way, but there is a way that we went about things that is Seems to be different now. So this new term Steelers way, if I had to define it, it is a locker room, a player-led locker room that holds each other accountable. Okay. So I'm going to say a couple names. And because this is my problem and this is where I'm calling BS is Ben and a lot of others. I, I get the frustration. I really think people are just kind of talking out of pocket a little bit because they're frustrated. I'm not saying that Tomlin is above reproach, that he has no room for criticism in this. Um, when things aren't well, the man in charge falls on the sword. At the end of the day, the Steelers have not won a playoff game since, what, 2017, 16, somewhere around there? Yeah. So yeah. all that somewhere stuff is the same. But to make this a thing about the locker room, and this is where I'm going to call BS. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to give you a name, Antonio Brown. That was happening before this current iteration of people in that locker room. I'm going to give you another name, Le'Veon Bell. I went to the same high school as him. They're all great players, but there was always things going on in that locker room. I mean, it seemed like the wide receiver room for the longest time was, was taking there? crazy pills. Like, Well, you know what? Let me, let me, let me counter that by saying Martavis you Bryant. said the main thing. They, they were great players, proven great players. So they got a little bit longer leash, but you didn't hear – what were some of the biggest things that Antonio Brown did? What were some of the biggest headlines? That I mean, he he's up there with the 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 a phone. He's recording the locker room while the coach is giving a postgame yeah, speech. That was towards that was towards the end of his tenure. Yes. Um with with Pittsburgh. And so it came to a it came to a head too, even for him. Even though Antonio Brown is was arguably the the best wide receiver in the NFL during his prime. Absolutely. I mean, you could make a case for Calvin Johnson and he was at the very top Julio. of the list. Yeah, he was at the Julio very Jones. he was at but the very top of like, the list. 
those are the only two you can argue. But other than that, Antonio Brown, um, had he not had his issues or current issues, he's a first uh, ballot Hall of Famer, and there's no question about it. Oh, absolutely. But even still, even still, when things came to a point where he couldn't even be held accountable, he got traded. So, Le'Veon Bell, when he came to his contract, he wasn't too big of a name and too great not for the, not the Steelers for the Steelers not to let him go. So we're talking about two of the greatest players. Still, at the end of the day, they were held accountable eventually. Well, yeah, but we're—I mean, we're in season right now. What are you going to do? It's that—that's my point. Is the the let's drum it all up. Let's get angry. Let's throw temper tantrums. Let's throw fits. Let's talk about the Steelers' way and this and that and the other thing. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm saying that winning cures all that. And what everybody's really mad about, you're not winning. You're in a tough division where you don't really have a chance. You're at the bottom of the division right now. So let's call a spade a spade, and that's what it's really about. The team is... Well, we're not winning. But even when we were winning, how we were winning was still a big issue. Now that we're losing... That has nothing to do with the Steelers' way and accountability or anything like that. So we're all say the accountability, and we're all point the the finger at Tomlin um, in this regard is the the man and everybody has their own personality he seems loyal to a fault so maybe it's not so much with players but coaching regimes you know canada stuck around way too long i mean to the point where you might have lost a first round quarterback because of developmental issues with kenny pickett now right that, and that's part of it yeah that, that's, that's part of it that's what i mean where i say i say that tomlin isn't above reproach he's not above criticism and things of that nature but this whole players were held accountable, they didn't do all this and that and the other thing, it's happened in that locker room before. And nobody was cut mid-season. I mean, you got guys on rookie no, deals. I'm still. not asking them to be cut, but there at least was – it didn't seem like this. And, yes, uh, Antonio Brown filmed uh, – and I'm not making light of it because that was, that was a serious thing. He filmed a, a post-game speech by Coach, Coach Shotman. Um, That wasn't cool. And he had his uh, demonstrative ways on the sidelines. He, he was quirky cat. Like he did his enough. stuff. Yeah, that was that was you know every a lot of big time wide receivers do that. Not putting light on it, not making light of it. By the way, but a lot of big time receivers are divas. I mean, that's almost part of the resume these days. Right. And you're talking Although to a guy where my happened. quarterback. You're talking to a guy where my first round quarterback hopped on a flight to Vegas and put a blonde wig on and drew a pencil mustache on his face before <laughs> game the last game of the season. So like. Again, we can joke about it and stuff like that. I'm not saying that things don't happen in locker rooms. That's absolutely reprehensible. I'm just saying that right. these things have happened before. It's just getting to a frustrating point because it almost it, it, it feels more like it's not sour grapes, but it's let's change for the sake of change. And Again, not saying that Tomlin is above reproach. Everybody has some things they can work on and be better about. But the Steeler way thing, that's why I asked you summarize Steeler Way for me, because I remember distinctly these things happening. You know, for whatever reason, I think I've joked with you about it. It seemed like they were infusing crazy water into the wide receiver room for a while between Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, and now Pickens and D, uh, and and Johnson. It's like I get I get what you're saying, and they're all great talents. Martavis Bryant was just what in the XFL. He's with Dallas now. Did, did Dallas call him up? Got, 
Cowboys put him on the practice squad. And he was a great so, talent. So I, I get what you're saying. I'm yeah. just, I, I, I think winning cures all. And my, on the outside looking in at it, it's a leadership issue. And that's why I was kind of curious from you. It's a leadership player issue, not so much a coach issue, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's a – yes, I think it's more of a locker room player issue, but I think it started because the coaches didn't put the right leadership in there. And so let me explain what I'm saying. So I, I think Tomlin's approach, we lost a lot of leadership in a short amount of time. We lost Ben, and before that we were losing Lightman. We lost Villanueva, we lost Castro, we lost Pouncey. And it was a lot to replace on the offensive side in a span of a couple of years. Um, and we didn't do it. We hit and miss on a couple of draft picks. We we missed on Kevin Green, missed on Kevin Dotson. Um, and now we have what we have. We don't have any alphas on the side on the offensive side of the ball. But what I see with Tomlin is he's trying to give these guys a chance to grow leadership organically, because it is my opinion, and I think his too, that you just can't put leadership into somebody. You right. can't be like, you're a leader. You're a leader, lead us. No, it has to happen organically, and it has to come with, within the in the locker room. The coaches can't give it to you. And so I think he's gotten to the point now where Tomlin says nobody's really stepping up. I think Kenny Pickett has that type of talent or that type, those type of intangibles, but he doesn't he's have the talent good to enough. back it up. He's and, just not good enough and, to and, carry that weight. And so play, players won't follow that. Correct. They won't follow. You can be the greatest leader of all time, best work ethic, Thanks, Rudy. Um, and say all the right we appreciate things. you. But you, if you don't perform, then you know, yeah, it, they're not going to follow you. And yeah. I think Tomlin, for the first time in the press conference, called out George Pickens and his attitude um, because he sees that he's going to have to step in for a little bit. Yeah, if he he's going to have to maybe pay more attention and lead these guys a little bit more than what he has. He can't just delegate and hope that somebody's leadership is going to rise above all this mess because it hasn't happened. I know Najee is trying to be, but he has shown frustration in his post-game comments as well. And so if he's your de facto leader, he's not showing the traits that you want right now because his frustrations are getting the best of him. When that's in, you know, you were talking about the, the, how Tomlin believes you can't just, make a leader so you know the the biggest thing that comes out of me talented is all get out but i remember when eli manning went through that with the giants you know tiki barber's Mm -hmm. calling him out and he just didn't have that like for whatever reason he just wasn't didn't seem for the longest time like a leader as good as he was he wasn't like a leader but right and that's where i say it's looking back at at the tomlin situation I, I see you guys floating names out and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I want to save that conversation for another day for OC. Um, it's gotta but be an experience. While OC. We're talking while we're talking about Tomlin as a Browns fan, we're taking all this stuff. Um, on the outside looking in division rival, someone for lack of a better term who has, have been owned. You guys have been our little brother. Um, but, being a realistic fan that you are and knowing the NFL the way that you do. Do you think Tomlin should be the head football coach for the Steelers in 2024? No, no, I don't. Um, I think he should be a head football coach. Uh, and this is, listen, the, the fan of me is like, fire that man. LA looks nice this time of year. Go coach the Chargers. 
Get the hell away from this division. Is that because you you feel like he can't get the Steelers back, or you just feel no? I think like that you it's. Want us to I burn. think sometimes you, you sometimes I think you get to the point of needing a fresh change for okay. for both sides. I think so. If you want me to be one hundred percent honest, this is not take my fandom out of it. Um, I think you guys are on the cusp of a rebuild, and I don't think Tomlin is a rebuild coach. I think he is a coach to take a ready-made roster to a championship-level roster. And there's a few of them out there. You look at the Chargers. They've already got their quarterback. They've got studs on defense. They've got studs all over the place. Um, I see Washington floated out there quite a bit. I don't know that that's the right fit for a guy like Tomlin because their their offense is kind of a mess, too. Is Sam Howell really a guy that's going to get you through playoff wins? especially in a division with Dak and Jalen Hurts. I, I just don't know. But one interesting thing, one interesting one to me, and it, I, we were between podcasts when this started happening, but if the Buffalo situation would have unraveled and, and they were to move on from McDermott, I thought Buffalo would be a good fit for Tomlin. So I don't question how good a coach Tomlin is. I think it's getting to that point where it's not a good fit with where you guys are going and what is needed and what he is so great at, if that makes sense. He is he is, he can take a ready-made roster and and lead a group of men because there's a reason why he's never had a losing record. He finds ways to get the job done, regardless of the, the talent around. You guys should not have been a playoff team the last three years. Or even on the with the with the roster that's been assembled in Pittsburgh, that should not have been a playoff team. And he's found a way to make that so. You're still in the playoffs as of this moment right now as we record this podcast. You're still in the playoffs. but Even when it looks like the world's about to end. And, and you should be <laughs> Everything's a, going to hell. You should be all of a four or five win team. Race. Yeah, you should be all of a four or five win team right now. Um, and honestly, we have four games that we could win or lose. Yeah. Either way. Yep. So, no, that's just so, me looking at it from a football standpoint. I think it's just it's getting to that point where it's not a good fit. And there are several, there are a few other good fits for him out there where he could be a head coach and be successful. And I think that you guys, especially if, if the wheels fall off and you guys end up with nine or ten losses this year, you're going to have to really embrace that full rebuild because we'll do a full roster dive too, especially as we get closer to the draft. we got a lot of fun things planned for the like the NFL draft and stuff you and I want to do, you and I will just kind of mess around and talk back and forth, and you start to evaluate the talent on the roster that's been assembled. And some of the talent, the, the more talented guys are getting older on this team. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. I mean, that what you said is valid. And a lot of people are saying that, that Tomlin is a guy that can get a good team to the next level. But is he really capable of getting the bad teams? Or I mean, and he has shown that actually. He has shown that he can get the most out of the talent that's given to him, but not to the point where they become contenders. Can he really develop guys, or does he have to draft guys that are already ready to go? And so you can say that by a lot of coaches who have had success. I mean, Coach Belichick is going through it right now. Um, and, that's and his fault, though. Belichick is—he's yeah. the GM there. You know, it's—he's the one making. Right. He's—he's he's the one making the picks. Right. But, uh, yeah, another thing that kind of annoys me is that they use what's been happening the last few years 
with Tomlin. And this is just, like I said, the Steelers nation is comprised of people who love Coach Tomlin and people who absolutely despise Coach Tomlin. But I think that's the case for a lot of fan bases. But for some reason, it just seems very intense, more intense in Pittsburgh than most. But uh, there was something circling around on social media. I think Mark Madden, me and him a little back and forth yesterday, he said Coach Tomlin has never been a good coach. And I no, completely and utterly wrong. disagree. He's doing it for clicks. That. He's, I mean, he's, yeah, it's, it's for clicks. And Mark, I mean, Mark is good at what he, he does, I but think, that's, I think he's soliciting he, I think he a reaction. Truly believes, he's soliciting a reaction. I think he truly believes that. And that's fine. If, if your opinion is that, I'm going to counter it with the fact that, you know, he, the biggest knock, it, it hasn't just come from Mark Manor. The biggest knock against Tomlin is, and they want to point and water down his success by saying he took over a ready made Super Bowl contender. And people forget, mind you, Ben got hurt. Um, had a motorcycle accident around this time, but Coach Tomlin took over an eight and eight football team. Well, so did so did John and Gruden. Right. I mean, there's been a number of coaches that come in here and they get the job done. Right. So you can't really use that as an indictment against their coaching ability because the fact is, under Tomlin, at least for his first eight years, Steelers were legit contenders in the NFL, always a threat to make it all the way, and we did twice. And made it to and won the division four times under him in his first eight years. So, um, to say that he's never been a good coach is one of the things that really annoy me because people can't have a critical conversation. Yes, you can be critical of Tomlin and still give the man respect and his credit when it's due. So before we switch gears, because they're going to have to really dive in and start hitting on draft picks, because that's another part of it. And I want to talk some college football and this crazy transfer for portal. Uh, we're going to get that in just a second. We we didn't mention it the other day, but Otani got paid too, and I want to talk about that contract a little bit because that baseball money it raised an interesting conversation between you and I, and we still got to talk about Draymond being a hobo and the basketball stuff that uh, you guys are getting into. Dude. <laughs> You know what? Let's talk about that right now. Well, hold on. Before we uh, get there, Draymond, I, I want to. Yeah, I mean, I we'll, think we'll, get to the, we'll get to that before the college football stuff because I want to put a bow on the Steelers thing with this. I'm going to go down your. I'm going to go down the schedule of what 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 y'all have played so far, and this is okay. where I say I don't think it's a talent issue. I think it's a fit issue now. San Francisco more talented than the Steelers. More talent on that roster than the Steelers. That was your Are first you game of the me? season. Yeah, that was the first game of the season. San Francisco, more talented team than the Steelers. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes, going into that game, I didn't know, especially if uh, Bosa. No, not but yeah, but we being at full strength. I was definitely we know terrified. now though. Like but we can, we yeah, we can clear. look at it. We know that San Francisco is a better team than the Steelers it's and more talented. That they have a better, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Browns. This is going to hurt you, but the Browns are a more talented team on the roster than the Steelers. That was game two. Defensive. Well, I think your offense is just as woeful as ours. I think your O line is much well, this, better. So, this was game two when the O line was it healthy just hurts and to Chubb give was you healthy. A full, totally endorsed yes on that. I just, it, it, I can't. You can be hurt, but it's a yes. But I, I have to. But yes, the Raiders. More talented, the Raiders. You guys are a more talented team than the Raiders. So that was game mm-hmm. three. Houston. Uh, you guys are a more talented team than Houston. Other than at quarterback, most likely. <laughs> Y'all mm-hmm. got stomped by Houston. And at wide receiver, even. Yeah. Baltimore's more talented than the Ra- wide receiver core. Baltimore's more talented than the Steelers right now. There's more talent yes. on that team than the Steelers. 
The Rams have more talent on their team than the Steelers. They just got greater individual pieces. I don't know as a whole they're more talented. I, I, I don't I don't I don't think I agree with that. You don't think the, the, think the you don't think the you don't think the starting twenty two for the Rams are more talented than the starting twenty two for the Steelers? No, I don't. I do. I think they're about as equal as they come. I think they. I are think more it's close. Yeah, I think it's close. But I think that I think I think it's close. I can't give them a full yes on that. Jacksonville more talented than the Steelers. Yes. The Steelers are more talented than Tennessee. Yes. Do the Steelers have more talent than Green Bay? Yes. Got the Browns again. Bengals. The Steelers are not more talented than the Bengals, especially when Burrow's healthy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's not more talent on the ceiling. And I know it hurts you. This is why they are where they are. It's, no, Burrow, Burrow, puts, Burrow and Chase puts him over the top, obviously. If um, you take Burrow off with Browning as they stand right now, the Steelers are more talented. I think Burrow is the ultimate X factor. And he makes them significantly more better at that point when he's playing right. than we are. And then the last two games right. were Cardinals and Patriots. Right. The Steelers are more talented than both of those teams. So you're looking yeah. at one, two, three, four, five We'll we'll go five and a half because we we split on one of the teams there. Five, you guys are looking at five five to six wins, and you're sitting at seven based on talent alone. And mm-hmm. that's that's where I say Tomlin does a good job with the cards that he's dealt. the The problem, and it's not a problem. You guys have earned this, but the standard in Pittsburgh is Super Bowl, divisional titles, AFC championships. It's not been a roster that warrants those expectations the last several years. Even Ben's last couple years, it, it wasn't a roster that warranted those expectations. That's the standard that's been set there. You don't apologize for those standards, but the roster is not – he's he's doing the best he can with that roster, but you guys have been in this weird spot for a while now, for half a decade, where you're – not bad enough to get high draft picks and not good enough to really make a run at a championship. You're just in that middle of the pack hanging on the wild card spot place, it, which is, it's, yeah. it's, we, it's a weird place to be in because it's frustrating as all hell. If you're looking at high draft picks, then you know, okay, we're going to go after this and we got to do that. If you're knocking on the door of the AFC championship, you know, okay, tweak this or tweak that or add this free agent, we can do it. But when you're in that weird middle spot, you're not getting the benefit of the high draft picks, and you're also not one player or two players away from contending for the Super Bowl, if that makes sense. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. And, and, and that makes it tough. And that, that was the last point. When I was looking at the schedule, I just brought it up real quick while we were talking. I was like, you know, you guys have been the – we're 12 games into the season – at best, you're 50-50 on who is the most talented te- roster going into each of those games. I'll let you go ahead and get this off your chest now, though. Uh, Draymond's at it again, man. You you uh, were fired up about some basketball stuff. 
Yeah, man. I know this is a hard left turn we're taking, but this is something that I wanted to talk about Screw. for a couple of reasons. I mean, um, what not many people know about me, being from Indiana, where I believe is the basketball He's mecca as far as high school basketball is concerned. Who's your daddy? Um, everybody's seen Hoosiers and you you know, the that legend gym? of Bob Knight and Larry Bird. Uh, no, I've never played in Hinkle Field House, but I did. I have been there. I've been there to watch some uh, some basketball game, and I've been to Assembly Hall, okay, uh, which is legendary uh, down in Bloomington. And I've hooped. I've actually hooped at Assembly Hall. I had, I had a one-on-one game against Jerry Jeffries, where I gave him the <laughs> business. Oh Just boy, I remember know. I could him. hoop back I in my day. Him. But uh, basketball is my heart actually i played basketball growing up football was the last sport i learned how to play um but i started growing sideways instead of vertically and became a better football prospect because of that so with all that being said i i I still i enjoy the game of basketball and just certain things though about basketball players especially nba players that get under my skin man um and these draymond antics definitely are towards the top of that list this man you can't deny his credentials you can't deny what he's done for golden state and his heart and desire and his leadership but this dude is he must be going through something because the things that he's doing on the basketball court that have brought way too much negative attention to him are quite frankly some things that i've never seen before like we had some goons in the past like we've had to run our test aka meta world peace we've had the charles oakley's we had the anthony masons and all that but what draymond's doing especially in a more sensitive generation of nba players um it's it's kind of ridiculous he's like pretty much taking cheap shots at people people have seen a video where he's punching his own teammate in the face because of some words that he had for him. We've seen the nut shots he's given LeBron and Steven Adams and Steven Adams a couple of times. We've seen him step on the chest of Sabonis. Um, and uh, early this year, we saw him choke out Rody Go- Gobert, you know? And so he's at it again, taking a, a right hook at the face of Nurkic, saying that he was just trying to sell a call, um, which I've never seen anybody sell a call by just swinging the right arm at the head of a seven-foot center. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but the NBA came down and I thought delivered a pretty significant and warranted punishment by suspending him indefinitely. Um, Especially from Adam so Silver. Like it speaks volumes yeah. that Adam Silver's going to that extent now because he's been the right. problem child for the NBA for a while. Yeah. And for Silver to do it because he gives everybody a chance, three chances. He, he gives him four or five strikes. He did the same thing with Ja. And so Ja kept on posting videos of guns until he uh, finally had to lay down a hammer with him. And so the same thing with Draymond, enough is enough. And what it's doing to the end, he's pretty much putting a period and an ex- exclamation point on the end of this Warriors dynasty. Um, Steph is still playing great. Clay is not. But all the attention is on Draymond and his antics. So it's kind of ridiculous, man, just to see this transpire and to see Adam Silver get to the point where he has to suspend one of his stars in this NBA, we all know, is a player-friendly league. One of his stars, one of his outspoken personalities who has his own 
fantastic podcast. The dude is great in the media. Um, yes, is there's no the, there's no the counterpart suspending him indefinitely. There's no huh? counterpart for Draymond. There's nobody else who'll come around and just pop him. He's not getting away with right. this stuff in the '90s and early 2000s NBA. You know, even guys as as recent as you know seven, eight, nine years ago, like Kendrick Person Perkins, would have laid him out for some of that stuff. Yeah, and it's and that's another thing too that annoys me. It's, I mean, outside of it's bully ball. Antics. It's bully ball because it's always dudes that he knows isn't going to go back at him. Like that. That's the most annoying thing to me. I, I. We've all played at the park and things get chippy and stuff like that, but he's very calculated. And I mean, you knock out little Jordan Poole while he's standing with his arms down, and Rudy Gobert's trying to break up a scrum and you put him in a headlock, and just the stuff that he does. My issue is even if he was trying to sell a call, I mean, we saw him. Who'd he kick in the nuts in the playoffs? Steven Adams. He's flailing his legs Steven around Adams, and, yeah. and he's tackling players and stuff like that. And that's my problem with it is it's very calculated. I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. I'm saying somebody else would have done it back to him at this point, though, 15 years ago. That's another thing that annoys me. I think as as much as you want to blame the leadership, in the, or first of all, the blame lies with Draymond, Draymond alone, but people were like, what's up with the leadership and the Warriors? How come Steve Kerr or Steph Curry aren't more demonstrative in their um, – criticism and holding Draymond accountable. That's just not how the NBA is. And it's super annoying to me, actually, that the people that he does this to don't get up and do defend themselves appropriately. Just, I mean, did you see, you saw how he hit Nurkic, right? Yeah. Nurkic is seven foot two. It was a close-fisted backhand. Yeah. Dude dropped like a sack of potatoes and just laid there. He's soft, too. Like, wh- where does the, the fight? He's soft, too. It's not even fight or flight. Where, where yeah. is the fight instinct when somebody hits you? I mean, I know these seven-foot dudes are used to never, ever being challenged. But to just get hit in the face and, and just fall. fall down and lay there, talk about soft, you know? Oh. Like, I, obviously, I'm mad at Draymond for doing it in the first place. But I'm mad at the dude for getting hit and not defending himself. Why, is it, why are NBA players so soft? Well, I'm glad you brought up soft because I'm going to keep you on this little tangent that you're on now, and you go ahead and set the scene and tell. Go ahead and you tell me again about the the Pacers Bucks situation. Oh my God! <laughs> Talk about soft. This is just. I mean, I'm I'm on my lawn. I'm screaming from the porch, looking at my nice manicured grass, seeing these kids walk through it. That's what I'm feeling right now. Um. Dude, so the Bucks and the Pacers, this is what I guess new age rivalries are made of because the Pacers beat the Bucks in the end season tournament, which I thought was a fantastic uh, event altogether. Um, but they beat them and Pacers had a coming out party. This is if anybody really showed their medal and really, uh, really took hold of this end season tournament was. It was the Pacers. They were, they looked really good, and they definitely made the fans in Indiana a lot happy. But they, they they've always had Giannis scored 51, 54 points earlier this year on them. So even in this this win in the season tournament, he scored thirty seven. So this this latest game that happened last night, 
Giannis goes off. And I think that he got, he was a little upset about what happened at the end season tournament. He goes off for a franchise record, 64 points. Absolutely demolished him. 26 points in the All fourth quarter. Because nobody protects the rim. Nobody protects the rim. <laughs> I mean, no, there's no defense. But 64 no, points No, I'm just kidding, ridiculous. but it's still you know, 64 points on 32 laps. We get to the end of the game, and uh, the final shot goes through. Um, and there's all of a sudden a scrum for the game ball. Um, the Pacers apparently take it, head to the locker room, and Giannis chases them down. You know what they I envision? Held back from security. <laughs> when you're telling me about this, have you ever seen the movie uh, Semi Pro? With Will Ferrell, uh, and he's like on the... Refreshment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jackie Moon. Yeah, Jackie Moon. <laughs> they're waiting for a commercial break, and he's like, everybody hit somebody! <laughs> and they all just start punching <laughs> each other on the commercial break, and he's chasing them down for the ball. Like, that's what I'm picturing in my head when you uh, texted me about this scene that was unfolding while I was at the concert. And I'm like, wow, the, the, the NBA is just something different these days. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, this is... You're fighting over a game ball. First of all, first of all, you're an MVP. Everybody, you're looks, a former MVP. Everybody looks dumb. Everybody looks dumb. Um, the Pacers, on the road, mind you, their reasoning for t- taking the ball. Here it is. Their reasoning for taking the game ball. One of their bench players, I don't know, maybe twelfth or fifteenth on the bench, scored his first career NBA. Ball. We'll call him Steve. And they said Steve needed the ball. <laughs> He needed the ball. Mind you, Giannis just scored 64 points, franchise record. In my head, it just seems natural for him to have the game ball. Now, he shouldn't be chasing the opposing (laughs) team down for it. He should just be, you know, happy he did what he did, go to the locker room and let the powers that be within the Bucs organization sort it out and get that ball for him. But the Pacers took it, hijacked it, or what they thought was it, because later on I heard actually that the Buck security did commandeer the game ball and that the Pacers grabbed the backup game ball. So that's a whole nother layer to this. But the Pacers thought they had the original game ball and took off with it. And Giannis, full sprint, chases them down down the hallway. So this is what the NBA is made of. Everybody's, we're getting headlines the next day over a game ball. Mm. I'll be happy to tune in in February, Trey. For, for <laughs> I'll now be nice on, I count on you. For, you for for now, I'll count on you keeping me up to snuff with all the latest. Because I was just, I roll my eyes, I laugh. I, I, like again, TikTok is your friend. I look up the videos when you tell me about it. I'm like, oh, what is going on here? And I see Giannis's big ass running down a hallway, chasing somebody for a ball. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Come on, man. Alien vs. Right. Predator looking for a basketball. It's ridiculous. That Draymond back. I love I Giants. love my basketball. I still love my NBA, but man, they make it tough. The playoffs sometimes. is and the NBA playoffs used to be about my favorite time of year. Like back when you you couldn't wait to get those heated rivalries in the playoffs of you know, you had Heat and Pacers, and then before that you had, you know, Cavs Pistons and the different now it's like a cakewalk until the conference finals. So, I I, I like yeah. I like NBA for something to have on his background noise, and I'll pay attention here and there. But unless it's a close game at the end of the game, I just don't get too invested. Like I used to hang on every single possession. Oh man, the Heat beat us in the regular season last year. I can't wait till they come to Cleveland and my twelve and forty team plays LeBron. And 
I would look forward to that. And now it's everybody's friends. They're all friendly. They don't. They're all friendly. They don't care. You do lose the measure of that competitiveness now that everybody trains in the off season together and yeah, everybody. I mean, the, the NFL does it to a certain extent too. This whole jersey swap thing is annoying. <laughs> Every game, everybody wants them. Every the other person's jersey. I mean. I am a little jealous I didn't do that when I played because I would have a damn nice-looking wall in my man cave. Right oh. now. But I never wanted to ask my opponents for their jersey. Not Did that, you no. see? I'll take a picture with you. Who was it? I forget who it was now. That just reminded me. And we still got a couple things. First of all, we got to get to our friendly wager. We're going to do that today. We're going to pick five games. Mm-hmm. You pick a winner. I pick a winner. Whoever has the best record, you'll be able to vote on what the punishment is for the loser on – Twitter, Trey's at TreyDay79, T-R-A-I-D-A-Y 79. I'm at KingRich963. Uh, we'll tweet that poll out, and you can decide what the loser will have to do. And we, we actually came up with a few fun payment plans. But talking about the jersey swap, who was it that Christian McCaffrey, somebody came up, to, I think it was Christian McCaffrey, they came up to him earlier in the season and <laughs> tried to do a jersey swap, and he was like, oh, no, it was like the most uncomfortable thing Ever. Did, you, did you see I that? I didn't see that, actually. Oh, you're going to have to look that, that up. I'm, I'll send it to you. I'm going to have to find it, but I'm pretty sure it was Christian McCaffrey. You know, everybody's shaking hands after a game, and then somebody like went to like take the jersey off and do a, a jersey swap, and like kind of looked the other way. It was so awkward because <laughs> he was looking for somebody else to do it. <laughs> oh, my man just got right. denied. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Right. Try again, man. Um, hey, that's what they do nowadays. That's that's actually the one-off. Somebody actually saying no. Right. Oh, it, I'm sure it doesn't happen regularly. And it, it was probably something as simple as he had already told somebody else he would swap with them or something. Like, I'm sure there's a reasoning behind it. But it was just, it was cringy. Like, it was very, very cringy. With that, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And you and I like to place a couple wagers here and there. I'm, I'm known to be a yeah. bit of a degenerate, if you will. and. I like my parlays. I like to do some stuff. We thought it would be fun if we did something every week going into – we still got the rest of the NFL season. We got bowl season. And then we'll get into you know basketball, baseball, stuff over the summer. But we want to do a friendly wager every week going into the weekend. And we're going to pick a few games. This week it's all NFL because we got a good NFL matchup. And um, we're going to tweet out the different payments that it's going to be a poll – and this week, we're going to pick the games between Denver at Detroit, Minnesota at Cincinnati, Dallas at Buffalo, Baltimore at Jacksonville, Tampa at Green Bay. Those are the games we're going to pick. Does that work for you? That works for me. And I want to just give everybody a forewarning. I've absolutely sucked at sports gambling this year. So if you do not pick who I pick, usually pick the opposite of who I'm going to pick. You might be okay. You but might win some money. I'm but, actually feeling good. Now that I'm going against you, I feel I feel good about my chances. Well, we're and we want to keep this fun. So it's not going to be a money thing that we do. So coming up on yeah. coming up on like Monday's show when we when we put that out there, we'll um we'll have paid off on our payout. But um this week the loser has to either order the other a, a, a pizza from somebody. So I'll call and order you a pizza if I lose. Um one Giordano's. Okay. <laughs> I want the best you, of the best. You've already got it picked like, out. Yeah. You've already got it picked out. Um, yep. Or you have to video yourself doing 50 jump squats. Yeah, man. Has got to put something physical in there. 
Got to. Or the painful one. If you win, I have to sing 15 seconds of Renegade. And I want the the, the best part of it too. Well, you like can the, you can pick the verse. You can pick the verse. I'm a man of my word. You know I am. But uh, if mm-hmm. I win, you got to give me 15 seconds of uh, a Brown song of my choice. Probably Michael Stanley, though. I need to see you stretch the vocal cords a little bit. Well, this isn't the Browns win. It's just if well, you're not at the Browns you win. win this wager. If I yeah. win, the Browns win. It's we're we're a family. Okay, right. they'll be you pulling for me just to one. see you in that little Elfie hat singing "Here We Go Again." Okay, so uh, let's right, well, first game. Yeah, let's start at the, the first game: Denver at Detroit. Uh, I'll let you go first. I got Denver, man. Um, this hot. seems tailor made for an upset. Because Detroit played well last time, and they have been ebbing and flowing these last few weeks. I like the way Russell's been playing. I like the momentum of this team. I'm gonna go with Denver. Denver's been hot. I'll t- I'm gonna take Detroit when we talked about this one. Uh, I like Detroit um, to end their losing streak. I like it just because it's in Detroit. Um, I think it. Denver will need to score some points, so I'm gonna take Detroit in that one. Next one is Minnesota at Cincinnati in what will most likely be a disgusting game. Um, I'll start this one. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm going to take Minnesota. I think um, Minnesota's defense is top five, which I did not see coming. Um, What's his name? He was the Dolphins coach. Uh, Flores is the defensive coordinator. He was our linebacker coach last year. He is is working wonders with that Minnesota defense, and um, I'm a little bit scared about the blitz amount that they will throw at Cincinnati and Chase getting open, but I think it's going to be a little gross in Ohio this weekend on Saturday, so I'm going to take Minnesota. Well, I got Cincy, and I am starting to become a believer of this Jake Browning dude. I mean, He's been playing well these last few games, and uh, Jamar Chase seems to be thriving with him, and if, they're, if they got their connection going against a team that blitzes every other down under the Flores uh, aggressive mindset. I think Cincinnati might be able to put some points on them, and I don't know how many points Nick Mullins and company can put up. Yeah, of these of these picks, that's my least confident one. Just so we're clear, that's the one that I'm okay. Because, like you said, I don't yeah, know what a I Nick would... Mullins offense is going to do um, <laughs> against Cincinnati, but, uh, but we'll see. So the next one, Dallas at Baltimore. Yeah, Jacksonville at Baltimore. Oh, which one? We'll do Jacksonville, Jacksonville Baltimore, Baltimore before Baltimore. Dallas Buffalo. So Jacksonville. All right. Jacksonville versus Baltimore. It's in Jacksonville. It's in Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jaguars play well at home. Um, it's not in it's England. December football. It's not in London. Oh, it's in London. No, I said it's not in London. Oh, it's not, not in home. London. Oh, yeah. I'm about to say those games are over with. No, in Jacksonville, <laughs> I think Baltimore has a tough time against Josh Allen in that defense. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence, and I know there's a, there's some injuries going on in the secondary with Baltimore. It seems to happen every year. They miss a major piece of that defense, on the, and especially in the secondary. But uh, Calvin Ridley's coming on. Um, they did lose Christian Kirk for a while, but I think with the emergence of Ingram and Ridley and ETN, if he plays well, I think Jacksonville takes this one. I'm taking Baltimore in hopes that I'm jinxing them and that they lose. So I would gladly see you win. <laughs> <laughs> this matchup. Get me closer to that All division right. title, baby. There we go. Dallas at Buffalo. I'll take the Bills. Um, it's in Buffalo. Again, I think the weather's going to be a little bit gross. 
if Dak can win this, I'll be a believer in Dak for MVP. But um, I like Buffalo at home in December weather in Buffalo, slowing down what's been a hot Dallas team on turf. Yeah, I'm just taking Dallas purely on momentum. I mean, this is going to be a tall task because I think Buffalo has figured how they're going to do, uh, how they're going to get to the playoffs with depleted defense. Um, but Dallas's offense, CeeDee Lamb, and with the emergence of Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson, will really exploit the fact that there's no Matt Milano or uh, Tredavious White back there on the, uh, in the secondary in the, in the linebacking court for Buffalo. So I'm going to take Dallas. I think Dak can pull it off, but I don't think it's going to be Dak that wins it. I think Michael Parsons ends up making a big play. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, last one. Um, uh, I'll let you go first. I'm taking your boy Baker oh, in Tampa. Let Bake cook, baby. He's go- He will cook, and he's been doing well. He's. I think he's found a home in Tampa. He is what – I think Kenny has as far as the leadership concerned, but with more talent and he has the weapons. He has Mike Evans. He has uh, Chris Godwin. Kate Otten, a pretty good tight end. Yeah. He has, he has Richard White has had an uh, off the radar year. Nobody expected this from the running game actually. Mm -hmm. And so that office is actually pretty good. Um, And I think it's going to give, that defense of Green Bay, a tough time. I, I I really do think Baker has found his home, and I've always thought that he's a capable starting quarterback, and I think the Buccaneer fans and the Buccaneer faithful are starting to believe it too. Baker's the X factor there. I never like Florida teams going north in December, um, especially mm-hmm. up to Green Good Bay. Point. But uh, Baker's built a little differently. He's a tough dude. Um, yeah. Where I think he'll be able, and, you know, playing in Cleveland, he'll be able to get that message across to the rest of the team. Like we got to come strapped up, ready to go. And nobody was hotter than Green Bay. Like Green Bay was as hot as a lot of teams, and then they laid an egg last week. So, um, I'm going to take Green Bay just because they're at home, but I don't feel good about it. In Jordan Love, Ooh, it's like three of those in there. Yeah, you don't feel good. about Yeah, I don't feel good I about you only Minnesota. Feel confident about Detroit. Buffalo. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there and throw a little FanDuel parlay on my five picks too, and try to try to win a little money. So I'm going to oh, double down on our. Well, bet. You go right ahead. I might put a dollar on mine just <laughs> to be risk adverse this time around because I've had no luck. All right, man. Well, we'll t- we'll keep an eye on these. Um, I'll catch up with you over the weekend. Make sure you follow us on Twitter so you can check out uh, what our payment's going to be and vote on the poll there. So till Monday, my man. We'll do it again. All right, brother. Have a good one.